You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 123. Started actually, I say actually talking to cash buyers because I got people that were calling me and going, you know, and I'd say, yeah, I'm a wholesaler, you know, and finally I had people going, oh, you're a wholesaler? Like, oh my gosh, you know, put me on your list. Like I didn't even have, you know, you know, I'd have to explain myself. I didn't have to like feel bad. Like, well, I, this is, you know, what I do or whatever. I was like, man, these guys want me. And they were like, I don't know. It just, it just changed my perspective on things once I actually started talking to what I call real cash buyers. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to another episode here on Wholesaling Inc. My name is Cody Hoffheim and I'm super excited to be here with you today. If you are new to our podcast, we deep dive wholesaling. Wholesaling is simply the art of finding deeply discounted properties that you can then turn for quick profits, whether it's through just simply assigning it to cash buyers or some people may choose to keep them and pull them out of the pipeline and keep them for long-term buy and hold rentals. Exit strategies, there's quite a few, but we deep dive how to find the deal. When it comes to real estate, it's all about finding the deal. And that's what we're going to deep dive. And we have a rock star rhino with us today that's going to deep dive how she has done seven deals. And we're going to go specific on one of her deals that she's able to find this deeply discounted property and talk about ultimately how much she made on this deal. Her name is Corey Moore and she's from Topeka, Kansas. And she has been wholesaling about six months now. She joined the tribe a little over three months ago. And she does quite a few bandit signs. She's prepping for a big mailer to go out. And just things are starting to go together. She's already done seven deals. So let's bring Corey on and let's learn, all of us here at Rhino Nation, exactly what you are doing. So Corey, fill us in on the gaps, a little bit about yourself, and let's start deep diving this deal. Okay, so um, a little bit about myself is um, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, and I've been at home for 15 years out of the workplace. My husband and I have six children Uh all under the age of 13. Holy smoke. That's awesome. That's a lot. I have four and I'm like, how is she doing six? That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us a little bit more. Keep going. Yeah. So I've been home with the kids and was really looking for a way to, make money without having to leave the home. And so I kind of stumbled across real estate as, you know, hey, you can exponentially make many, you know, the equations look different as far as hours equal dollars. Sure. Yep. And so I had learned a little bit about real estate and was kind of checking it all out, just reading a lot of books and getting more informed. And then I was, you know, to get started with no money, I was hearing about wholesaling, but I was like, I don't even know what that is. And and then one of my good friends was also looking at real estate and he told me about the podcast for the wholesaling ink podcast. And uh-huh. so I started listening and that I love that, that really guy. Me, like, that guy's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I started listening and 
pretty much, you know, just hearing it over and over and over and progress, not perfection, I think was what got me just to go stick a bandit sign out in the ground. And when my phone started ringing, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, Holy smokes, like, this is actually working. Son of a gun. What do I do? And what do I, now what do I do now? You know? Yep. That's so cool. So really everyone listening right now, especially stay at home moms, this is going to ignite you. If you are looking for something on the side to start offsetting, start bringing in some income, this podcast is going to resonate with you today. I didn't even think about that perspective. You're like, first of all, I've been out of the workforce. I'm, I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom, which is absolutely a job that is too hard for me to do. Like I tell you, you are amazing for the fact that you're a stay-at-home mom. But I love the fact that you took on the challenge to find something over and above just being there serving and loving your children, how to bring in some extra income so you can ultimately have a lifestyle that you want to live. So everyone listening, wow, like tune in, especially you stay-at-home moms. You can do this. Corey is going to show you exactly how to do this. So let's talk deals. Let's kind of get through this. So you started putting out bandit signs. You took massive imperfect action, progress, not perfection. The phone started ringing. And let's kind of deep dive one of your favorite deals. So you've done seven so far. Let's walk through. You said all seven of these deals have come from Bandit Signs. So hint, hint, everyone. Bandit Signs are still working. But let's let's go through. Let's pick one of your favorite deals and let's deep dive that. Maybe where you placed these Bandit Signs. And then from there, what did the phone call sound like when it called in? Okay, well, first of all, I want to say that the first deal I did, I didn't even have any cash buyers. So <laughs> I definitely... But what happened was I I called another bandit sign for wholesaling and touch just communicated with that individual and we ended up joint venturing that deal. So I had the deal, he had the cash buyers. Action. (laughs) I love this already. Holy smokes, nothing stopped. Yeah, so that was fun. What made you think outside the box? Like what you you weren't even like part of the tribe. You weren't really even in a mentorship program, like ultimately, what was it that made you think outside the box and think, man, I, I've got this deal, but I have no cash buyers. I better start looking for bandit signs to call other, other wholesalers. Like what made you have that idea? Because that's brilliant. Yeah. And I didn't get that on my own either. I heard that on the podcast. One of the other. I love um, it. Holy smokes. <laughs> one of the other guys was talking about it. And I said, you know what? I, why do? Why not? You know, I'll just <laughs> give them a call. Corey, you're like like the dream candidate of all candidates to be like interviewing right now. This is so awesome because everyone listening right now, even myself, even though I've heard this time and time again, it literally just helps remind me, Cody, go out there, make offers, find deals, and if your cash buyers don't want it, think outside the box like Corey and just keep pushing through it because you had no cash buyers. And so you, right. you end up calling another wholesaler, joint venturing, meaning you guys did the deals together. What were you able to make on that that first deal that really got you into like, holy smokes, I'm onto something. I think I like this. I think we made 3000 3200 so split that down the middle. Okay. So it ended up being like, yeah, $1,750. Wow, that is awesome. So I'm already going to ring the victory bell. Hold on. I already like this. But we're going to deep dive yet another deal because that's kind of just like your first deal. You did this. Since then, six other deals. What does that look like? What deal do you want to deep dive? Like when someone called in, let's go for 
all the way through to the end. Okay. So the deal I want to talk about was the most recent one I did because to me it was like just it just made so many lights go off because I've been going through the tribe and I've been, you know, learning all the things that I wasn't doing that I could have been doing. So I'm like, okay. And honestly, when I joined the tribe, you know, and we started focusing on having cash buyers, that was kind of a hard step for me because for whatever reason, I just had trouble slowing down because I wanted the the revenue to keep coming in. So I actually quit putting bandits out so I could focus on being on the phone with cash buyers not being on the phone with sellers. And that's a huge shift, right? That's a huge shift because in your mind, you're thinking, gosh, dang it, I'm missing out on opportunity and deals. And hopefully Mm -hmm. this leads Mm -hmm. to like a a pro as well that what you did actually did something good for you. So let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So what I did was I I got on the phone. I sent out, you know, some mail to people that had purchased for cash and started actually, I say actually talking to cash buyers because – I got people that were calling me and going, you know, and I'd say, yeah, I'm a wholesaler, you know, and finally I had people going, oh, you're a wholesaler? Like, oh my gosh, you know, put me on your list. Like I didn't even have, (laughs) you know, you know, I'd have to explain myself. I didn't have to like feel bad. Like, well, I, this is, you know, what I do or whatever. I was like, man, these guys want me. And they were like, I don't know. It just, it just changed my perspective on things. Once I actually started talking to what I call real cash buyers. It just the the lingo started changing, and I felt like sure. I was entering through a door into another world of oh, this is what this looks like. So, well, so you're yeah, sharing a gold said. nugget like crazy. So, everyone listening, I think so many times we think of direct mail to cash buyers, or we think of all the different ways. It still comes down to when it comes to networking, but just letting everyone know. Like when your neighbor says, "What do you do?" Don't be embarrassed. Like, this is what you do. And this is, it's so key. So everyone listening, this is such a gold nugget because so many people fail to do what Corey just said. And that is just let people know. Let people know what you do. I'm a wholesaler. I find deeply discounted properties. And then I have cash buyers that buy these properties from me at a deep discount so they can either fix and flip them. And all of a sudden, you'll find out your neighbor is going to be a cash buyer. There's so many people on our cash buyers list here in Utah that are people that are friends and family that I had no idea had any kind of cash sitting around. But these are people that are like, okay, well, I'm sick of making a half a percent in the bank, uh, which is actually making me no money because inflation's going up 5%. So I'm actually negative four and a half percent. Like these are the conversations I'm having with my neighbors and they're telling me that. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'll let you know about it. And these same neighbors or friends or family are actually on my cash buyers list and actively buying the deals that I'm finding. It's just, that's so key, Corey, is just letting people know mm-hmm. what you do. Right. So what did that, uh, <laughs> when you started building that up, how many cash buyers are you at currently? I'm I'm still close to 100 and, and I'm finding as, as I'm going, even as I'm going through it again and again and kind of owning it that there's people that I thought were cash buyers, but really, you know, weren't, or you get people that may have been interested that kind of drop off. Sure. So it, it does continue to, to, to ebb and flow. But, but I think the, the key of it is, is I figured out that that's, that's something you always need to focus on as well as, you know, talking to sellers and marketing to sellers. So that was very out, important. Yeah. And you'll find out learn. a lot of people are going to start coming to you. The more you're doing deals and sending them out, you're going to hear people now reach out to you. That's like, Hey, I heard you do this. Can you add me to your list? And you'll see this happen all the time where now cash buyers are coming to you. They're seeking you because 
they heard from 10 other people. Oh, yeah, we got it from Corey. Oh, yeah, we got it from Corey. Okay, who's Corey? <laughs> I got to call Corey. Definitely. Yeah, so, so this deal that I did kind of changed that and shifted that for me because so when I got the call, it was a bandit sign and we had spoke on the phone and I, I can't really remember if there was anything critical or, you know, that she said on the phone other than, oh yeah, I do remember. She, she just, I knew the home was in, in distress and I think I had pulled up while I was talking to her, I had pulled up the, the property and found out that it was like six years behind on taxes. And, you know, and so I was like, man, there's definitely something going on there. So she was, she was telling me about the house and how she had actually taken care of the people who lived in it during their latter years in their life. She was a registered nurse. And so in return, they had willed it to her when they passed. Mm-hmm. And so she had had the home and you could just tell that she, it was a very distressed home. And so the taxes, and so I went and took a look at it and it, when I met with her, I could tell it was in, it was in very bad shape. Um, and I don't know, just the whole yard has, was overgrown. And did she also it, have signs had had like, you- like, even when you're talking to her, like I, and I have no means to fix it. Like, I don't want to fix it on the time. I don't have the money. I mean, what was kind of like, even above like this house being inherited, was there some key things also that she was saying that was like, man, she really wants to get rid of this home. Well, she had like, there was several projects in it that mm-hmm. were like half halfway done and you know there was some materials laying here and she just was telling me that I think I was just yeah I was getting the impression from talking with her she was getting ready to be married and she had had this place rented out and I I mean you know like when you're having when you have a home that's like kind of on a verbal agreement kind of rental like uh-huh. it's run down but you've got people living in it. It it just, I just knew, I just knew sure. that, that her, her timeline was winding up, Yep. you know, with, with her and especially the taxes. I was like, why aren't the taxes paid? I mean, even if it's rented and then it just, it had had so many problems that it yeah. had patches on them. So it's yeah. a bandaged so, up house behind on taxes, distressed tenants that weren't uh, that consistent because there was really no underlying contract to keep them consistent. So it was kind of just an all-out mess. Yeah, she was telling me that too. Yeah, they were month to month because I made sure and asked, you know, okay, you know, do, do the tenants, you know, will they be ready to leave if you sell? And yeah, I knew that it, I wasn't going to be able to offer very much. I mean, she wanted, I think she wanted 60000 The county had it worth like 110 maybe. And that's probably fixed and, up, right? In, in good shape, it's worth 110 well, yeah, that's obviously, I don't know how the county works, but, you know, the county will put a value on something, mm-hmm. you know, regardless. So, yeah, you kind of take that with a grain of salt. But sure. What was the, people, after we, if it was all fixed up, what do you think it was worth? Well, other homes in the area that, you know, I was kind of looking at had sold for around between 90 and 100 mm-hmm. with less square footage than this home. So I was thinking it could sell for one yeah, about because it would it said. would be one of the better homes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then she wanted around sixty. And what did that look like on your end? Was that something like, oh, because of what needs to be done, yeah. I don't even know if I can do it. Like, what number were you thinking? Oh yeah, definitely. And I made no no 
you know, qualms about it. I was like, I cannot do 60. There's no way, you know, and, and I was really at that time and I'm still in that place of, you know, trying to be prepared when you're negotiating with someone. And and I just decided that I was going to negotiate right then and there with her. And so I, I just told her, I said, I, I really think the best I can do is like 37. And, um, and typically, now here's the thing that I love about it. So everyone listening, please, please, please hone in. This is so key because sometimes we end up being a motivated buyer and listen to what Corey is saying. She's not a motivated buyer. She's looking for motivated sellers, but she's a wholesaler. She's an investor, right? And so she's not a motivated mm-hmm. buyer. She didn't just say, oh yeah, sounds good. That's a motivated buyer. So you start at 37,000. What was her response to that? Her response was, well, you know, that's a lot less than I expected. And, you know, I'm really going to have to think about that. And so we ended up leaving and I just thought, yeah, she's, yeah, she's not going to, she's not going to sell. I don't know what she's going to do, but, you know, I just knew that I I wasn't going to come up on my number, you know, to try to grab her or anything. Sure. The house was really needing some work. So yeah, I went home and I didn't hear from her. And then a week later, she actually called me up and said she was ready to sell kind of surprisingly. And was she already like also saying, Hey, if you can come up a little bit or she was like, you know what? 37 is fine. Yeah. When she called, she was like, I'm ready to sell. And actually 37 will be the exact amount that I need to pay off some bills that I have. And, and so there you go. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So you met with her, put under contract for 37 and then just like every one of the rock star rhinos, you start marketing out to a cash buyers list that you now have, which is awesome. And what did that look like? How many people did you have interested? This one, I had a lot of people interested. It was a good neighborhood. So yeah, I had, I had right away, I had people like I, what I did differently since joining the tribe was I, I set up this inspection time, you know, uh-huh. where I'm like, this is when I'm going to be at the property to put <laughs> it up for inspection. I love um, it. If you can be there, then great, you know. So it it turned out to be, I had a lot of interest. I think I had four or five people texting me throughout the day, you know, just kind of saying, hey, I'm going to be there. But then, it, you know, once there were people that just showed up that had not even contacted me uh-huh. to say they were going to be there. So I think there were probably eight or nine people. Oh, this uh, is starting to get good. Cause when there's a lot of cash buyers, it turns into a feeding frenzy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, several people, you could already tell there was just a lot of interest and a lot of was the asking price and count me in, you know, like right away, they just, what, right and what were you asking when you sent it out there? What did you send it to prep them? Like, hey, I'm selling this agreement that allows you to purchase this home. And what was that price? I think I set it at 43, okay. 43, 600 or something like that. And you're at 37 and, under contract. So about a 6300 $6,400 right. spread. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. So I had three people that gave me the offer price, the asking price that, that night. And then I just let them know. I said, you know, great. By the end of this night, I'll be at this point, you know, I'll just be opening up for your highest and best offer. Awesome. Um, I love this. I I was hoping you did that when you have eight or nine people out there. Then I got two, one declined giving any, you know, further offer. And then I had two that gave me a a second offer over text and ended up getting 40. Yeah, we got 46 
46,100. 46,100. Tell me, is this 9,900? Is my math 9, right? 9,100. 9,100. I think I got 9,100. Okay, yeah. hold on, hold on. All right, so $9,100 assignment on this property. What did that from there, was it, like what, what does that do for you? What does that do for your family? What does that do for you as a stay-at-home mom? What is like your focus now? Well, I mean, it's, I, I, what it has done for me is given me a tiny bit of, of breathing space uh-huh. for sure. <laughs> because when That's you're, huge. you know, yep, yep. You're having to hustle. I mean, sure. The, the assignments are usually better than paychecks, but you know, a $9,000 assignment gives you a, <laughs> a, a moment a of pause. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. From 1300 or, or maybe you said, Oh, 1750 on your first assignment that you split on a JV deal joint venture yeah. to now this, when you own up all on your own, $9,100. What does that look like for 2018? Have you set like goals now? Like where it's like, Oh man, like I'm going to be consistent on bandit science, consistent on mail. Like oh. what kind of goals do you have now? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm really trying to, in spite of the fact that I can't utilize list source, I'm really trying to hone in ways to still pull lists like, you know, garage sales and all of that. And uh-huh. I'm, for sure. It all just, it all just changes. I don't plan on, you know, going to Disneyland or anything and spending all that money. <laughs> You're so a smart. Lot of it's gonna, yeah. I, I did when I first joined the tribe and I've heard other, you know, tribe members talk about it. I read profit first and I agree that it, it helped me tremendously to just slap a formula on there and go, okay, uh-huh. this is, this is how much money is going to go where. And so I'll be putting a lot of probably close to 35% of that back into operations. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. If you had to think back, we always love to do this so that people can learn from your experience. If you were to start over six months ago, what would you do differently knowing what you know now? I would definitely would have, I would have gotten cash buyers for sure. I would have gotten on the phone and figured that out, but I didn't and it worked out anyway. But I think joining... (laughs) Joining the tribe, you know, getting that mentoring really propelled me too, because you still get, I still get moments where I'm lost in the, what I call being lost. Where I'm like, man, which direction do I go? What do I focus <laughs> my energies on? Sure. And then I, I just kind of think towards the tribe, like somebody here has got some direction, some help here. And sure enough, there's, there's always something. So crucial. So Corey, one thing that you nailed that I absolutely love is the fact that even beyond mentorship, I love the fact of the tribe. Like I would put this group of people, this community of people up against any community because it's such an abundant mindset. It's not just relying on one person or two people. If you have a question, you have a tribe of people, a community of people to post that question out to and you get so many different perspectives. That's what's huge about a community. And that's what I love what we have here at the tribe is the fact that Here you are learning things from other successful wholesalers because it's Jim Rohn again at its greatest. You are the sum or the average of the five closest individuals you hang out with. Who are you surround yourself with? Now, I'm not saying drop your friends that you currently have, but what I am saying is if you want to be a wholesaler, surround yourself with successful wholesalers. And that's what we've been able to do, all of us, 
within the tribe is we are now surround ourselves with people that are go-givers, that are out there with an abundant mindset, that are out there wholesaling. We're out there crushing our goals. And now because of that, anyone that comes to be part of that tribe, that community, it's so hard to not catch that fire, that bug to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you need that help because there's just so many little ins and outs of things that it would take you so much longer to wander around and stumble upon it. So true. So true. What about reading? Are you much of a reader? We do love to have a good promotion from you of what is one of your favorite books that would help people, whether in life, mindset, something that's a good read that would help people. I do read a lot. I like to read a lot of historical fiction. I like to get my brain out of work and and do just some recreational reading. But as far as um, just real estate and because I'm kind of focusing in on trying to learn how to better negotiate. It's, it's been helpful. One of the books that came across my path and we've already talked about this was the book by Chris Voss. Oh, never Never split the difference. Yeah. Oh man. So Mm -hmm. what have you learned from that book? Well, when you first read a book, you just take it all in and go, this is all extraordinary. And, but he breaks it down so simple that some of the things when you're negotiating with people, um, I think the biggest thing is that people are emotional and I kept hearing it in the tribe. We make decisions emotionally, not rationally. And I kept hearing, get into their why and figure out their pain. And, you know, and that's how you get to the deals. And I was like, but how, you know, how do you, how do you do that without sounding like a, I don't know. Like crying it out of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to put it into a, a good paraphrase because he's take on it is he's yeah. from the being a hostage negotiator. So you can't split the difference. And I'll just tell you that before when somebody would give me a number and say, I want this much for my house. And I was thinking a different number. And then I would try to meet him in the middle. I had so many deals that, you know, they just weren't great wholesale deals because I was splitting the difference. Yeah, I was meeting them in the middle. And so he, you know, in the, in the realms of hostage negotiating, you know, you can't meet in the middle because that means somebody's going to, going to lose their life. But in the realms of wholesaling, when you're meeting in the middle, oftentimes you, you have no deal. Right. Right. And so it became crucial to me that I've got to figure out how to still have my plan, you know, still have, still get what I want out of the deal. That's all I can say. I don't, I don't I have that. the. No, that's perfect. Work, but. That is absolutely perfect. That is a great book for anyone out there. Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, V-O-S-S. Awesome book. Corey, this has been an amazing episode with so much value and so much gold bombs is what I'm going to call it. Gold nuggets galore. And I want to I thank you for your time and being on the show today. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Rhino Nation, you have heard another amazing episode of how someone just like each one of us, we're all in this. We're all in this. Not one of us is better than the other. We all put on our pants one leg at a time. And Corey has shared yet another way how she was able to come across deals and how you can implement those same exact things by simple bandit signs and then taking imperfect action, not having a cash buyer in place. And so now she just thought, man, go find other wholesalers and let's, let's split this together. There's so many ways. If you will just get uncomfortable, get out of that comfort zone, 
and just take imperfect action. There's no such thing as a perfect plan. And there's so much value in what Corey shared because it goes right in line with progress, not perfection. So if you guys need more help, you're looking to explode your business for 2018, which is anyone's goal. You can do it. You can do it just like Corey did it, just like the other students and other individuals that have been on this podcast. You can do this. It is all up to you. How uncomfortable are you willing to get so that you can move forward? Reach out to us, set up a strategy call. You can find us at wholesalinginc.com, wholesalinginc.com. And if we like what you have to say, we just might invite you to be part of the tribe so that you can crush your wholesale goals for 2018. Thanks, Rhino Nation. And we look forward to seeing and listening to each one of the future students on here and being with each one of you on the next episode. Take care. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.